everyone. My name is Josh Scroggins. I pastor New Beginnings Family. Just wanted to say thank you for joining our podcast and welcome. We hope the following message will be encouraging, will inspire you to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about us or would like to support our ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.nbfamily.net. And as always, for all you do to support us, thank you. God bless you and enjoy the message. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Again, thank you for joining me today. We are starting a brand new series. We're going to run it through the month of February. That means four weeks we're going to be doing this. I want to uh, just jump right into our scripture here. It's found in John chapter 14. I'm going to read a couple of different verses. Uh, First of all, verses 16 to 17, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. The helper, just in case you didn't know, is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. And then in verse 26 and 27, but the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all I said to you. Peace I leave to you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or fearful. When Jesus left this earth, he promised his disciples that they would not be left alone, uh, but that the Father would send a helper. The helper is the Holy Spirit. See, by the time that Jesus would leave, Um, He would have been with his disciples for about three years. He ate with them. He traveled with them. He heard their stories. He laughed with them. He cried with them. I mean, Jesus was their close friend. He was a close friend, a best friend. And he taught them and he trained them. He had given them roles within his ministry so that they could learn it hands on. So not only was he their friend, Jesus was their mentor. He'd performed miracles in front of them. He had done miracles for them, and he had done miracles through them. He'd given his life for them. He'd come back from the dead for them. Jesus was their Lord, and now Jesus told them that he was leaving. Disciples, surely this was a dark place. I mean, at least when Jesus had died, he told them he was only going to be dead three days. Now, they may not have understood it, but at least it was a short wait But this time was different. Yeah, an angel had told them Jesus would return someday, but he didn't say when. Their close friend, their mentor, their Lord was leaving them, and now they would have to carry on the work of the kingdom without him. I mean, at least in the way that they had always known. It was a dark place, a place of missing their friend, their teacher, their mentor, their Lord. And the Father at that point sent a light into their darkness. Light came in the form of a helper who filled them with fresh power and boldness. Let me ask you this. Have you ever considered the life that God's called you to live, the mission that God has given you, and felt like you could use a helper? We're starting this series that is going to go through the month of February, and I believe this is going to be what some of you listening, this is what you're going to really need right now. This month, we're going to be exploring that the ways that the Holy Spirit helps us in our daily lives. The series is titled after a very simple question, and here it is. Could you use some help? 
You know, the Holy Spirit has many roles throughout the Bible, and we're not going to look at them all in this series. He's got many titles in Scripture and many things that symbolize him, right? Wind and fire and oil and water. This month, we're only really focused on one of those things, helper. So what does the Holy Spirit look like when he helps us? How does he help us. Well, there's several times in the Holy in the, in the in the Bible, several times that the Holy Spirit is mentioned throughout the Bible. Often those involve really big flashy instances. Uh, but that can create a bit of a problem, right? I mean, there's times you see the Holy Spirit, he moves on, you know, all of a sudden he, he moves on David and David kills Goliath, right? Or he moves on Samson and he takes out a whole army with a donkey jawbone. Or he moves on, uh, you know, Elijah and all of a sudden there's fire coming from heaven. Or, you know, there's these big moments like that. And and that's fine. But that if that's really what our view of the Holy Spirit is, if that's really what our view of helper is, boy, we're going to run into some problems. Because think about it like this. If you look back on your life, how many really huge moments were there? There's probably only a few times that you would consider huge moments, right? I mean, you can remember all of them. That's how few they are. These, These moments are not things that are so common that you just forget them. You know which moments are those huge defining moments in your life. Now, was God working in those moments? Sure. Could the Holy Spirit be working to help you or use you in those moments? Of course. But what about the normal grind of your daily life? Think about it. Most of those huge moments had a lot of boring that led up to them. Most of those huge moments had a lot of routine surrounding them. Most of those huge moments had a lot of tiny little moments that built on each other. So what about those? I would argue that those moments are more important, even if they don't feel that way at the time. And in this series, we're going to look at how the Holy Spirit helps us during our daily life in four areas. Number one, by helping us find freedom, by shining a light in the darkness. That's what this episode is about. Number two, helping us to walk free every single day. Number three, helping us to make wise decisions by giving us direction. And number four, helping us to be ready for our mission by equipping us. Today, we're talking about light in the darkness. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you ever been in a dark place in your life? Do you remember a time where you were far from God, where you felt alone, where you were broken and depressed, afraid, where you felt like giving up? I'm going to show you something incredible in this episode, but I need to lay some groundwork first so that we can put it all together in the end, okay? There's many roles the Holy Spirit has in the life of a believer, and each week this month as we release new episodes, we're going to look at a few of these roles and how they apply to us. And while there are many roles that he has in the life of a believer, there's only a couple he has in the life of an unbeliever. Uh, the Holy Spirit is involved in creation, right? So that's one role. But aside from that, there really is only one other role that he takes when it comes to unbelievers. But that is a very, very, very important role. Acts 16, 7, or sorry, John 16, 7 to 11 says this. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I'm leaving. For if I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. 
But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. Regarding sin, because they don't believe in me. Regarding righteousness, because I'm going to the Father and you no longer are going to see me. And regarding judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. The sole job of the Holy Spirit in regards to a sinner is conviction. And that's our first word, conviction. His job is to convict us of our sin so that we can be righteous and avoid judgment. Each of us who is a believer has already experienced this. Maybe you heard a sermon like this one. Maybe you were at rock bottom and you were praying and maybe you didn't know even who you were talking to, but you just felt this draw, this compulsion, this understanding that you were a sinner, that you needed help, that you needed a savior, that you needed to reach to God. Maybe you were having a conversation with a friend, but whenever it happened, there was a moment that you felt this tugging on your heart. It's often how we describe it. And it's the best way to describe it, but it doesn't mean that it's it's a great description. But you felt something pulling on you, and it showed you your need for forgiveness, your need for a Savior. It pointed you to Jesus. What was that? Well, it was the Holy Spirit. It is his role in regards to the unbeliever. 1 Corinthians 12.3 tells us this, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And here we go. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it is the Holy Spirit that leads us to that place of repentance. It is the Holy Spirit that convicts. Now, there's a big difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction, the purpose of it is not punishment. The purpose of conviction is restoration. The purpose of conviction is to bring restoration and healing. It is to show us where a problem is so that we can fix it. Condemnation is very different. Condemnation is about judgment. It's about uh, justice. It's about uh, punishment. Now, God does condemn in the end, but he convicts us first so that we can avoid condemnation. It is only when we reject the conviction of the Holy Spirit that we find ourselves in a place of being condemned by God. So the Holy Spirit first moves to convict, to draw people and point them to Christ, to show them their sins, to show them the problem so that they can fix it. And he points them to Jesus to do that. But if that is the role of the Holy Spirit for unbelievers... What about the moment I believe? What about the moment that I move from unbelief to belief? Well, we're going to take a look at a few more scriptures here. Titus 3.5, it says this. He saved us, not on the basis of deeds, which we did in righteousness, but in accordance with his mercy by the washing of, here we go, regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. So regeneration, renewing. Ephesians 1.13 says, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. So the word here, sealed. And then finally, 1 Corinthians 6.11, we're going to just look at the, the back half of that, the first little bit. Um, doesn't apply here, but it says you were washed but you were sanctified. So sanctified is the word here. And you were justified. There's another one, justified 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit, right, the Holy Spirit of our God. So those those scriptures here, Titus 3, 5, Ephesians 1, 13, 1 Corinthians 6, 11, here's the words we're pulling out. Regeneration, renewing, sealed, sanctified, justified. So when you move from a place of unbelief to a place of belief, the role of the Holy Spirit changes. Instead of convicting you in order to move you into relationship with God, he sanctifies you. He seals you with a sanctified. Well, sanctified literally means to set apart as holy. So that's what he does. What's a seal? Well, a seal is a mark of ownership. Kings would use a royal seal to indicate that documents were theirs. Shipping companies would use a seal to mark the containers belonging to them. So to seal is to mark as owned, right? To mark ownership. To sanctify is to set apart as holy. So simply put, once you believe on Jesus, the Holy Spirit marks you as belonging to God now, and he sets you apart as holy. And what's more, and I'm really grateful for this, he works to make sure that we know it too. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. You might remember when you first said that prayer, you felt like something changed. That was the Holy Spirit testifying to your spirit, you are now a child of God. You move from bondage into freedom, from sin to righteousness, from brokenness into wholeness, from darkness into light, and the Holy Spirit makes sure you know and you felt something different. Your spirit knew something had changed. There's one more role I want to talk about in this episode, uh, but it's a very important to our subject. And then we're going to put all of these together. Romans 8, 26 to 27. Now, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we don't know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He searches our hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This passage is often interpreted as describing the spiritual gift of tongues. I simply disagree. I'm not I'm not against speaking in tongues. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not. We are unabashedly, unapologetically Pentecostal. What does that mean? It means to simply, if it's in the Bible, we believe it. Um, that includes the book of Acts. Um, That includes all of the places in the Bible that talk about the gifts of the Spirit. We believe that the gifts of the Spirit are real. If the Bible says it, we believe it. And we're not comfortable just throwing something out because we don't like it. And so it's in the Bible. We simply believe it. But I want to clarify this passage here because this one often is used as or interpreted as describing the gift of tongues. Again, I disagree. And here's a couple of reasons why. First, Tongues are a gift of the Spirit. They're not the Spirit himself. And second, this passage says that the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That is pretty interesting because the word that we translate in English as too deep for words, literally that word means inexpressible. Right. So this means that this is talking about something that's not uttered. It's not expressed. Tongues are spoken. They're not inexpressible, they're expressed. It's hard to say, well, this is talking about tongues, even though the passage says that it's talking about 
something that is not uttered. Even though tongues are uttered and spoken, they are expressed. Well, I mean, clearly this is not what this is talking about. In fact, what I believe this is talking about is something far more powerful. See, when you're in a dark place, like I described earlier, sometimes you know you need to pray, but you don't know what to say. You just don't have the words. There's there's times where the the... The situation you're in, there's no words that are good enough. I mean, let's if if you've lost somebody that you care about, there's no words that you can say in prayer that are going to do justice to the way you feel. If you've been betrayed, there's no prayer that you can say where the words are going to be good enough. There might be times where maybe you're you're a new Christian and you this praying thing is new and it feels weird. It feels like you're just talking to the ceiling and you're saying the words, but man, it just, you don't have the words. Here's what's neat is that the Holy Spirit here, we're told in scripture, the Holy Spirit in those moments, he steps in and he intercedes for you. Now the word intercede, it means to make petition for In other words, when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit, who knows your heart and your situation, empathizes with your deepest pains. What is that? It's your groanings, right? It's the the groanings that are too deep for words. He empathizes with those. And he brings that petition to the Father on your behalf. It means that you don't have to have the right words. You don't have to say the right thing. You don't have to say anything. The Holy Spirit knows what you feel, knows what you're going through, knows your heart, knows your situation, knows that there aren't words that are going to describe this. And so he's able to take that situation, those pains, those hurts, those fears, whatever it is that you're struggling with, that you cannot put into words, He takes that and without having to put them into words, he brings that petition to God on your behalf. That is powerful. Let's put this together. When I think of being in a dark place, my mind always goes back to my teenage years. Uh, My parents had divorced, which shook the stability of my life. I was trying to figure out who I was. I was trying to figure out who I was going to be. I went through a major depression that involved crying so often that eventually I stopped being able to cry, no matter how badly I was hurting. After a couple years of this, it had evolved into a full-on suicidal thoughts, which evolved into planning my suicide. Eventually, those plans, I just set them in motion. Was I a Christian? Sort of. Sort of. I, I believed in God. I loved him. I was a Christian. I had said that prayer, but man, I was just, at this point, I was just going through the motions anymore. My heart wasn't in it. My faith was almost non-existent. My life at that point was anything but holy. I was bitter at God. I was angry at myself. I was upset at God for making me. I rejected his love for me completely, or at least partially. For a while, fear of hell stopped me from suicide, but eventually not even that was enough. I went with a youth group uh, to an event called Acquire the Fire. I'd been there a few times before. I had the full intention of ending my life when I got back home. I was not engaged in the service, as you can imagine, until the last night. During the last night, I sat in my seat just thinking about what I planned to do when I got home. 
feeling the crushing weight of depression, something I had carried around for many years. I say many, it was about three years, but to a teenager, three years is a long time. It's about a quarter of my life at the time. Thing is, I knew I needed to pray, but I didn't know what to say. So I just sat there, just trying to pray with my feelings. I I didn't have any words. But little did I know that the Holy Spirit was interceding for me in that moment, taking my inner groanings and bringing my petition before the Father. And then the next thing that happened was conviction. We know who does that. I started to feel a wave of this conviction as I realized I'm about to end my life without ever truly giving God a chance. I remember feeling the question, how can I tell myself I've tried everything? When I've only been going through the motions with God, I've never given him everything. I had given him a lot. I had. I had given him a lot, but boy, I didn't give him at all. How can I say that I really tried this if I hadn't really tried it? So when I got finally a few words to pray and I said, God, I'm going to give you this one chance. I'm not going to hold anything back. If you can fix this, please do. If not, I'm done. I went down to the floor of the arena where they were doing one final song. I stood there for a minute, surrounded by teens jumping up and down to worship. I stood there tired from the weight of depression I'd been carrying for years. So when I felt one more nudge of conviction, you said you weren't holding anything back. Jump. And so I did. I pathetically jumped. I was reluctant, but I did it. I jumped. Just like every other teen around me was jumping up and down to this. And I thought, well, okay, I I can't say that I didn't hold anything back. I can't say that I gave God a chance if I don't, if I don't do this, if I don't go through and give him everything. And so I I thought, okay, I'm not holding anything back. I went down. I, I jumped. Here's the thing. When I landed back to the ground, I physically felt the weight drop off of me in a surge of energy, unlike anything I'd ever experienced before or since. But most of all, I knew in that moment that God had healed me and I was his. I was sanctified. The Holy Spirit testified to my spirit that I was a child of God. And I knew that in that moment in a way that was so much more real than I had ever known it before. Maybe you're in a dark place right now. Maybe you're living a life right now that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of. Maybe the the life you're living right now, you're living in sin and you know it. Maybe you're in a place that I was at. You're going through the motions, but there's no life in them. The relationship you have with God, it's hollow. Or maybe it's it's partially there. Maybe maybe you're you're kind of where I was at and and you love God, your your heart is is there but you're only really willing to go so far you're only willing to give him so much control in your life you you'll worship god but it's only on your terms and and you find yourself in a dark place maybe you're hurting so badly you don't even know what to pray let me just encourage you for a moment 
let the Holy Spirit do what he does. Let him shine a light in your darkness. Trust him to intercede for you when words fail. Respond to him when he convicts you of sin in your life and allow him to make those changes and then celebrate as he confirms to your spirit that you are sealed and sanctified. Because here's what happens when you respond. The Holy Spirit will confirm to your spirit, will testify to your spirit who you are, that you are a child of God. So trust him. Allow the Holy Spirit to do what he does. God bless. We'll see you next week. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us at New Beginnings Family. We appreciate you listening and hope that the message was encouraging, inspiring, challenging, that ultimately it brings you closer to Jesus Christ. If you have any questions for us or would like to get a hold of us, you can reach out to us at www.nbfamily.net. Thank you so much. We love you. Have an amazing day. And thank you for all your support. We'll see you next time.